0: explain that a little bit though.
1: How sweet it is. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of an hour of your life. My name is Kim.
0: And my name is Steve.
1: And it's more or less our 100th episode.
0: We've actually put out 102. So if you look at the counter it says 102. But But, but one of those was
1: the TSP episode. The TSP,
0: which didn't get an episode number, and the trailer for the 937 podcast. Right. So it says so, 102, but really...
1: This is our 100th episode. We don't count TSP as a, like a regular episode because it was a, a not episode. an hour of your life. It was like two hours of your life.
0: And it was a special episode. And it
1: was a very special episode. Um, And we still think of those guys often. So...
0: I have many friends I've talk to frequently up in Maine now because of that. Um, Yeah. Good people up there.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Do you, we have some splaining to do.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we had to take a week off last week. We just got
1: overbooked.
0: Yeah. Overbooked with the 4th of July and everything there. (sighs) They're just with, with the 4th happening on the holiday on Monday, but all the parties and all the stuff that happened, the celebrations, on Saturday and Sunday, there just wasn't time to do the research to put together a show. It so it
1: was a lot. We yeah. have
0: we had to skip a week.
1: We have um. So your son's birthday, our 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 son's birthday is on the our anniversary is on the first. Son's birthday is on the second. Son-in-law's birthday is on the fourth. Jack's birthday is on the fourth. Fourth,
0: his whelping day. His
1: whelping day. I had to work a double, and then we hosted a party on the fourth, so it was crazy. And little then bit we of had vegan.
0: a party we had to go to on the third. On the too. third, that's right. There just was no time. There,
1: yeah, we were busy partying and not And we were celebrating the birth of a nation. That's but, right. Um, we were pretty in and. I would like to mention that next week's show, it's not going to be a special episode, but it, it it's going to be a really, really neat episode. Do you want to tell them who we're talking to? No, not yet. Okay. Um, but you will definitely want to check out next week's episode. This week's episode, we wanted to do something really sweet for our uh, 100th episode. So,
0: And here we are. Kim, you ever had a s'more?
1: Oh, you know I have.
0: <laughs> ever had a Hershey's kiss? Yes, I bet you have. I know you have. <laughs> Today's episode is about possibly the sweetest man ever to live, and I'm talking about Milton Hershey. He's of one Hershey of a kind. bar Yeah, yes, he is. Not only did Milton come up with American milk chocolate, but he built an entire town for his employees to live and work in. You know what today is? Hershey, Pennsylvania.
1: And we're going to talk about that uh, distinction of American milk chocolate. I actually am not a huge fan of American milk chocolate on its own. I like it when it covers things. Um, but it's very different from European chocolate. And we're we'll, going to learn we'll why. That, yeah. um, in the Hershey Hotel in Hershey, Pennsylvania, you can get a bath in this milk chocolate. Uh, there are actually several hotels that you can stay in in Hershey. At The, um, the Simplicity Inn. The Hotel Hershey and the Hershey Lodge. There
0: are a lot of hotels in the town. These are just the ones that belong to
1: Hershey. Ah. There's a resort RV park, which we should definitely go check out sometime. There is a Hershey amusement park called Hershey's Chocolate World, I believe. That Um the, You can tour the factory.
0: Uh, now, let me say something about the factory tour. Yes. Back in the day you could always tour the factory and you could walk through and see the actual production of the chocolate i remember that sticks out in my mind watching that machine squirt out the hershey kisses
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now it's more like a ride at disney or something like that
1: yeah so you you can there're two different things you can tour the factory but then there's also um like a i don't even know what it it's 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 like a big like almost like a museum kind of thing Yeah, where you can walk through and it's
0: very interesting. It tells the chocolate story very well. Yes.
1: It's very cool. And when we say the chocolate story, we mean the chocolate story. We don't mean the Hershey story per se. It tells how, where chocolate comes from, how they get the chocolate out. Um, there is it, there there is like a little ride kind of a thing um and it's got a real catchy song that puts it's a small world after all to shame and you get little fun size candy bars on the ride um and then we we have pictures somewhere of uh matthias after he had ridden the hershey's chocolate ride and he's eating a sock because he was so hyped up on sugar and chocolate that it was <laughs> ridiculous um, but anyway, the streetlights in Hershey, Pennsylvania, are shaped like little Hershey, big Hershey kisses, I guess. Hershey is our final story about food giants in America. So think of it as a dessert, as you, if you will.
0: I, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's another story about a man with a dream, persistence, and, and generosity. Hershey was a very big-hearted man. Um, arguably, you can say that Milton Hershey changed the world.
0: Although he was modest and unassuming in appearance, Milton Hershey was a very shrewd and determined businessman. He had a genius for timing and an instinctive ability to choose loyal and able people to help him get his product out and to help him with his business. Milton was a great entrepreneur, a philanthropist. He measured success not in dollars, but in terms of a good product to pass out to the public and still more to the usefulness of those dollars for the benefit of his fellow man. Milton Snavely Hershey, Ooh, there's sounds like Snape right there. Snape. Snavely, yes, yeah, Snape, was born on September 13, 1857, just before the American Civil War, on a little farm in Derry Township, which is located in central Pennsylvania. His parents were Henry Hershey and Fanny Snavely Hershey, Milton was the only surviving child of his parents. Both the Hershey and Snavely families were originally Mennonite. Like most of the people that he knew, he was the descendant of people who had immigrated to Pennsylvania from Switzerland and Germany in the 1700s. He grew up speaking Pennsylvania Dutch. He inherited from his roots the characteristics of a propensity for hard work, diligence, and thriftiness. His father... Henry was an inquisitive man who loved to read books, but Henry was never financially successful and he moved his family several times during Milton's childhood as he pursued a variety of business ventures. Among his many efforts, he sought his fortune selling equipment during the Western Pennsylvania oil boom. He even tried his hand at developing a trout pond, running a fruit farm, and a nursery. But Milton's dad had many business failures.
1: Milton's mom was a strong-minded and frugal woman who was often frustrated and disappointed by those failures. Mm. By 1867, Milton's father had distanced himself out of the family picture. The exact details around his parents' separation aren't really clear, but it's largely believed that his mom had just kind of grown tired of him always not succeeding in anything. So as a result, the two drifted apart and Henry Hershey spent long periods away from home, trying his luck in Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, and even Colorado. Now with Milton's upbringing left to her, Fanny instilled in her son an appreciation for hard work. She was very strict. She was a staunch member of the reformed Mennonite church and she wore plain clothes and a bonnet throughout her life. But former religion was never a part of Milton Hershey's life, and when he was asked what his religion was, it's said to have replied, the Golden Rule, which interestingly is present in every major world religion, both Eastern and Western, in some form. Yes, it is. Growing up, Milton had attended at least seven schools as his family moved from their original home in Derry Township to Lancaster County, but his education was sporadic and disjointed.
0: Now, this seems to be a trend. Mm. Mm -hmm. When he was almost 14 years old, Milton's father apprenticed him to the editor of a small German-language newspaper in Gap, Pennsylvania. Milton was clumsy, and he hated the work. He soon got himself fired. Whoops! About this time, Milton dropped out of school, Mm -hmm. and his mother did not seem to emphasize learning. But, in fact, she felt that books were her husband's undoing. She may have been afraid that they would also ruin her son. But as an adult, Milton Hershey was self-conscious regarding his limited formal education, kind of like Dave Thomas.
1: Yeah, we, we have a lot of, there's a lot of similarities. There's
0: a lot of similarities with a lot of these guys. Yeah. Although he became successful without the benefit of a good education, he made many provisions to provide, provide the children of his community with quality schools and the opportunities for learning.
1: Again, like Dave Thomas.
0: His mother found him an apprenticeship with Joseph Royer, who was a candy and ice cream maker on King Street in Lancaster, Pennsylvania.
1: And it's here with Joseph that Milton learned the basics of candy making.
0: Thank goodness.
1: (laughs) He was ambitious, and in 1876, he decided to move to Philadelphia, where celebrations of the 100th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence were taking place. Now, unlike his dad, Milton had some good timing, and he kind of thought things through a little bit. He hoped to cash in on the money that people would bring to the Centennial, so he set himself up in the candy and confectioner's business. Hershey borrowed considerable sums of money from his uncle, Abraham Snavely, and printed elaborate business cards and stationery to advertise himself. He brought his mom and his Aunt Maddie to Philadelphia to help him. Aww. But though they all worked very hard, Milton was never able to make enough money to pay either his suppliers or his debts. But that didn't stop him. He was persistent, a lot like his dad, but also successful, unlike his dad. His father traveled to Colorado and wrote encouraging letters about the opportunities waiting for astute entrepreneurs. So in 1882, Milton Hershey followed his father's advice and went to seek his fortune in Denver. Unfortunately, the city of Denver had just entered a three-year depression, which followed a slackening in ore production.
0: So much for that good timing. <laughs> but that's kind of like Colonel Sanders. How do you figure? The the depression, and well, they built 75, and that took
1: oh, the yeah. business
0: away from Colonel Sanders.
1: Well, Milton Hershey didn't believe he could start a successful candy business without financial help. So instead of starting a new business, he found work with a local confectioner. Working for this confectioner, Milton learned an important process for making candy that held the key to his future success. The Denver confectioner taught Hershey how to make caramels with fresh milk.
0: Thank goodness.
1: Armed with this new formula, he soon left Denver to seek out opportunities in Chicago and in New Orleans.
0: Finding nothing there, he was drawn to New York City in 1883. There, he started a second business. While this venture enjoyed some initial success... It also was plagued with cash flow problems and failed by 1886.
1: Wah, wah.
0: Discouraged but not defeated, he returned. That's my job to push the buttons.
1: That was a button. <laughs> Discour- that, was, that was a Kim Discouraged- original.
0: Discouraged but not defeated, he returned to Lancaster but did not even have enough money to have his possessions shipped home to him.
1: Oh, that's sad.
0: Oh, it gets worse. When, oh, he, no. walked- when he walked out to his uncle's farm, he found himself shunned by most of his relatives who viewed him as an irresponsible drifter.
1: Oh, you know what they're saying, too. He's just like his father.
0: You know it. This time, though, the fortune was looking down on Milton Hershey. William Henry Lebkicker, who had worked for Hershey in 1880 at the Philadelphia shop, stored things and helped him pay the shipping charges to get his stuff back home. Oh, that's nice. Becoming the first in a long line of men who were devoted to Milton Hershey and whom Milton always depended upon. Aunt Maddie and his mother began once again to help him with the production, and Milton started manufacturing Hershey's Crystal A. Caramels, a melt-in-your-mouth candy made with fresh milk.
1: And you love caramels, so you I probably love would caramels. have loved would, to get your hands on some yes. Crystal A. Caramels.
0: I sure would. A large order from a British candy importer led Hershey to ask the Lancaster National Bank for a loan to finance the purchase of the much-needed raw ingredients to produce his caramels. The bank cashier was so impressed by Hershey that he lent him the money, backing the loan with his own signature. Hmm. When Milton Hershey received payment for the candy order, he was so excited that he ran down the street to the bank with his apron still tied around his body. From that time on, the Lancaster Caramel Company was extremely successful, and by 1894, Milton Hershey was considered one of Lancaster's most substantial citizens.
1: Good for him.
0: The success of his caramel business enabled Hershey for the first time in his life to spend money for his own pleasure. While he was never flashy with his money, he clearly had a longing and a taste for beauty and elegance. One of the first things he did was purchase a spacious home at 222 South Queen Street in Lancaster in 1891. He remodeled the house, taking a lot of interest in the furnishings and filling it with Exotic birds, plants, and mementos of his travel—kind of like, of, kind of like our stuff right here. Yeah,
1: he kind of reminds me of um, Ripley. Yeah, like kind the of. way that he kind of collected stuff as he went along throughout the world. Well, I think
0: this was the thing to do. Yeah, 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 I guess it's true. Milton Hershey's love of gardens, which was to be so evident in the town of Hershey, was clear from the start. As he closely supervised the landscaping of the grounds. He kind of is a guy that knows what he wants and wants to be there to make sure it happens. It's and that kind of a trend, yeah, with the business and with this. As was fashionable, as we were saying, as was fashionable among other well to do Americans at the time, Milton Hershey began to travel to such places as Mexico, Europe, England, and Egypt. Ever curious and always picking up ideas from what he saw, he visited the museums, the shops, in tourist attractions, that's kind of like us. <laughs> he walked the streets, kind of like us. He watched people, like us, and he's said to have kissed the Blarney Stone and gambled in Monte, Car- Monte Carlo. Now I've not never, like us. I've never kissed the Blarney Stone, and I've never gambled in Monte Carlo.
1: I wonder if he took Fanny with him.
0: I don't know. Maybe he left her back to run the business.
1: Maybe, but I would think that with he all he took, Mom you, you think I bet he probably did take her to some of the. He things, probably did. Because with as much as she's helped him get his candy company, and he seems like the kind of guy—not a mama's boy per se—but like
0: benevolent, the yeah, word that comes up. Later. Yeah,
1: the kind of guy that like takes care of the people that take care of him. Yep. Anyway, in 1898, Milton Hershey, now 40 years old, astounded everyone by marrying Catherine Kitty Sweeney, a beautiful Irish American Catholic girl from Jamestown, New York. <laughs> She brought gaiety, wit, and warmth into his life. And by all reports, their life together was very happy. And they're going to live happily ever after, right? Anyway, uh, they first lived in Lancaster. But when ground was broken for the new chocolate factory in 1903.
0: Was that a spoiler alert?
1: uh, No, I'm just making an observation. Uh, They planned to build a house there. Their home, High Point, was built on a rise overlooking the factory. Finished in 1908, its furnishings, including oriental rugs, lamps, plants, and stuffed chairs, reflected the styles of the time as well as the Hershey's enjoyment of the many pieces they had acquired during their travels. In the early years at High Point, the Hershey's entertained friends often and also traveled extensively. Saddened because they had no children of their own and anxious to put their growing fortune to good use, Milton and Catherine Hershey founded the Hershey Industrial School, which is now...
0: Here's where his character is starting to come out in the story.
1: Yeah. Now it's Milton Hershey School. Uh, It was originally for orphaned boys in 1909. The school's deed of trust stipulated that, quote, all orphans admitted to the school shall be fed plain, wholesome food, plainly, neatly, and comfortably clothed, without distinctive dress, and fitly lodged. Due regard shall be paid to their health, their physical training shall be attended to, and they shall have suitable and proper exercise and recreation. They shall be instructed in the several branches of a sound education. The main object in view is to train young men to useful trades and occupations so that they can earn their own livelihood. That sounds very practical to me. I like it. Inspiring the establishment of the school was Milton Hershey's own childhood memories of the hard times and his hope that he could spare some children the pains that he'd experienced. Sadly, you knew this was coming. Yep. Mrs. Hershey was struck by a debilitating disease and died prematurely in 1915. In 1918, Milton Hershey gifted the school's trust fund with his entire fortune. His ownership of the Hershey Chocolate Company, which was then valued now in 1918 at 60 million dollars, which would be a ton of money in today's dollars. but think back to 1918. Characteristically, the gift was not made public until 1923 because he wasn't about it wasn't a braggadocio. Him. and following this is so sweet, following his wife Catherine's death, Hershey never remarried and supposedly carried a picture of Kitty wherever he traveled.
0: Aww. Aww. Carmel's gave Milton Hershey his first million, but chocolate gave him the rest of his fortune. His vision for the potential of chocolate was shaped by a visit to the 1893 World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago, where he became fascinated by an exhibit of German chocolate-making machinery. Kind of like Heinz was there too at that same time.
1: Oh, was yep. that That wasn't at the Columbian Exposition, was I believe it, it was. Oh, wow. In Chicago,
0: yeah. At the end of the Columbian Exposition, Hershey bought two pieces of the equipment and had it installed in a wing of the Lancaster Caramel Factory. He also purchased additional equipment through the company's New York office, also having it delivered to Lancaster. His commitment to developing a chocolate business was confirmed when the Hershey Chocolate Company was established as a subsidiary of the Lancaster Caramel Company in February 1894. Within a year, Hershey was producing his own chocolate as well as cocoa and baking chocolate. His confectionery line would soon include over a 100 varieties of vanilla sweet chocolate novelties known today as semi-sweet or dark chocolate. Mm. By the late, late 1890s, Hershey was convinced that his future lay in producing chocolate rather than caramels.
1: So in 1900, he sold his Lancaster Caramel Company to competitors for a million dollars to devote all his energies to his quickly expanding chocolate business. His search for the perfect site to build a complete chocolate factory led Milton Hershey back to his birthplace in Derry Township, Pennsylvania. He purchased the homestead, the farm where he'd been born in 1897, which served as the site for Hershey's milk condensing experiments, which was a necessity in developing a formula for milk chocolate. Now, we're going to give you a little bit of a a very very quick chocolate lesson. Yes. Europeans invented chocolate candy first. Although chocolate chocolate has been around for over a millennium, was originally used as a ceremonial drink and a sign of wealth in the Aztec aristocracy.
0: I like hot chocolate.
1: Well, and probably it was spicy chocolate more so than hot chocolate, um, you can still get some like chocolate or cacao, like chocolate mixed with cayenne sometimes. That's kind of a semi-popular thing around this part of the country sometimes.
0: Are you making an assumption? About what? There was spicy chocolate drinks.
1: No, it was the Aztecs. That's, oh, okay. that's kind of the part of the world that they were from is where like spicy peppers and stuff are from. Okay. I'm making a bit of an assumption, but I feel okay. like that's a safe assumption to make. Ish.
0: I bet they got high because they were like just chewing the cocoa leaves too.
1: Um, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, the Spanish brought it back to Europe where it languished as a drink for the affluent for several centuries. Finally, in the 19th century, some inventive Swiss folks figured out conching, which is basically a long, long process of rolling chocolate nibs, under high pressure to make it smooth and luscious. Hershey wanted to make the first all-American chocolate candy, but the problem is the Swiss wouldn't part with the method. Uh, So Hershey had to figure out how to produce milk chocolate all by himself.
0: Well, thank goodness they didn't.
1: Hence his milk-condensing experiments. In
0: 1898, he and a few chosen employees worked long hours side-by-side experimenting with boiled milk, sugar, cocoa beans, in an effort to create an affordable milk chocolate that could be mass-produced.
1: So he reverse-engineered chocolate.
0: Basically. As one of these men later recalled, nobody told Mr. Hershey how to make milk chocolate. He just found out the hard way. We would call it trial and error. Personal, Personal involvement in the work at hand was typical of Milton Hershey. Trial and error. While experiments for a formula for milk chocolate would continue for several years, Hershey's milk chocolate was first introduced in late 1900.
1: Which really didn't take him that long because he sold um, the Caramel Factory in 1900. And he, I mean, it took him two years because he started experimenting in 1898. But, you know, it didn't, he he was doing well um, pretty well. Because he sold the Caramel Factory to focus on chocolate by 1900.
0: Well, the main difference between European chocolate and Hershey's chocolate is how Hershey got his milk into the milk chocolate. Europeans condensed it without allowing the milk to spoil just a bit. Hershey had trouble replicating replicating the Swiss method. He finally came up with the milk chocolate that we know today is Hershey's milk chocolate the sourness became the cornerstone of the hershey's milk chocolate flavor and that's what you don't like i'd think you don't yeah, like the sourness i
1: and i i guess i tried we did um we before the we recorded we sat down we had some european chocolate and we had some hershey's chocolate and I don't know. I guess it's the sourness. That's not really what I would explain it as. I don't think that Hershey's chocolate it's is a as, little
0: different texture. It's too. not as
1: smooth. I think that's what it is. It's not as creamy, I don't think, as yeah. European chocolate. And maybe that's what I don't like about it. I don't know. But well, I also like dark chocolate.
0: Well, to your distinguished taste buds, <laughs> the product enjoyed immediate success. By 1902, it was obvious that a new larger factory was needed to produce milk chocolate, so thank goodness for Hershey, you weren't <laughs> and, around the greatest chocolate.
1: I, I yeah, that's probably true. And most Americans don't. I mean, most Europeans can tell a big difference between American chocolate and European chocolate.
0: Well, I can tell the difference. I don't
1: think most Americans know a lot of difference because most Americans, unless you Kinder has gotten big, um, like Kinder eggs have gotten big in the last oh, little bit, but. A lot of a lot of Americans, you know, you grow up on Hershey's chocolate, and so that's what you think chocolate is.
0: Yeah, but and, you know, if you go to the grocery store, there's all sorts you can, of chocolate. But, there. Yeah, but
1: nobody buys it, or a lot of people don't buy it because I
0: bet they do, or they wouldn't be selling it.
1: I, I mean, I'm sure they do, but every you eat Hershey's chocolate, like that's that's, that's chocolate. That's
0: the household name.
1: Yeah, when everybody thinks, when Americans think of chocolate, they probably think of Hershey's, a Hershey bar. After inspecting possible sites for his new chocolate factory in New York, New Jersey, and Maryland, Hershey was soon convinced that the central Pennsylvania countryside would provide everything he needed for a factory. A plentiful water supply, access to rail lines, fresh milk, and industrious workers.
0: Okay, California can keep their commercial. Happy cows come from California. I think Hershey thought happy cows come from Pennsylvania.
1: He must have. Now, when his wife heard that Hershey intended to build in Derry Township, she she told him he ought to have his head examined. Mm -hmm. Most of his associates agreed with her because they felt the site was too remote. But Hershey's mind was firmly made up. And so beginning in late 1902, Milton Hershey quietly began buying land through an agent. Groundbreaking took place on March 2nd, 1903, which was also the same year the airplane was invented. And by summer 1905, the new factory was completed. I feel like this would be a heck of a time to be alive.
0: It, it the had The early to be. 1900s. You could f- watch an airplane fly and get a chocolate bar. Uh,
1: there's so much invention and creation going on at the turn of the century. Uh, it's just amazing to me. Plans for building the town of Hershey went hand-in-hand with building the factory. And since Hershey started his company in the middle of farmland, not in a town, it was clear from the start that he would have to provide a place for at least some of his workers, as well as his managerial staff, to live.
0: With the help of Henry, or Harry N. Hare, a Lancaster engineer, plans were drawn up for a pleasant tree-lined community which provided for all the needs of its residents, a bank, hotel, public school, churches, parks, a golf course or golf courses, a zoo, each followed in rapid succession. Wow. At the onset of planning for the town, Milton Hershey developed a trolley system so that employees would not be forced to live in Hershey and have to have a way to get to work from their nearby towns.
1: Well, that was nice of him that he yeah. didn't require them to live in the town.
0: Yeah, no, he I guess not. Some people were suspicious of Hershey's motives in founding the town and feared that he would take advantage of people who lived there as had happened in other company towns. And you've heard us talk about these other company yeah, the towns. Like with the coal and camps stuff. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I can
1: understand. Everybody, you know, people knew what what company towns yeah, so were like. Maybe a little leery. I Understandable.
0: Workers, for example, vetoed Hershey's idea of forming a cooperative store because they thought that somehow they might be cheated.
1: And we know that song.
0: Yep. But although Milton Hershey could certainly be autocratic, he was criticized for deciding what was important, often without consulting the town's residents. His concern for his workers' welfare was genuine. Hmm. He knew what he wanted. I mean, after all, it was his town. And like other industrialists who built model towns for their workers, Milton Hershey took great pride in his community.
1: As the town population grew, he provided for new schools, a new bank building, and expanded services such as the trolley system and telephone service. The community remained an enduring passion for Milton Hershey throughout his life. And the Chocolate Factory was designed to produce milk chocolate using mass production techniques in his innovative approach. The controlled environment of the office building was way ahead of its time and the arena was, at that time, the largest such structure made of pork concrete and unsupported by columns. Most of the machinery necessary for mass production was either developed or adapted in Hershey's factory.
0: And this is what I think is amazing. He before he really had the exact idea of how he's going to do this, he was building the factory.
1: Yeah, he built the factory. Yeah, he built the factory yeah. in the town around the idea that did not yet exist.
0: Uh, exactly yeah. around the idea. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, he didn't begin with the clear intention of making chocolate bars, for, and for several years produced many varieties of fancy candies. When he did make, he had the, to do
0: something with that big building.
1: Ah, uh, right. When he did make the brilliant business decision to concentrate on the Hershey bar, though, and one or two other basic chocolate products like cocoa and chocolate coatings. The Hershey Chocolate Company's success quickly far exceeded that of his founder's previous venture. The what? Carmel's, Huh? The Who? Car- yeah. Don't know her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hershey's many qualities made him a good businessman. He was imaginative. Example, Hershey bought the first automobile in Lancaster in 1900 and used it to advertise while it delivered as goods.
1: You wrapped it, huh?
0: Yeah. Kind of like that truck that drives by with the book signs all over the place right now. <laughs> Later promotional materials emphasize the nutritious qualities of chocolate against a background of green fields, cows, and a wholesome jug of country milk.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Can can you backtrack a minute? Did you did you say there's nutritious qualities of chocolate?
0: Oh, wait till we get to the World War II chocolate. Ah. Uh, yes.
1: Rejoice, everyone.
0: His winning ideas included the Hershey Kiss in 1907, which he named himself. And later the trademark foil wrapper was added in 1924.
1: Now Milton had the skill of choosing able assistants and of keeping their devotion. I would want to surround
0: yourself with good people.
1: I would want to work for him. He is a good people. I would I think I would like working for Milton Hershey. Seems like a nice guy. He had a broad grasp of markets and of their possibilities, and he was daring. Once he'd made a decision, he put his entire force behind it, whether it was making chocolate, producing his own sugar in Cuba, or, wrongly as it turned out, trying to stabilize the price of sugar futures. Trying
0: to trying to play the market there. Uh, well, Some so, insider trading or I something. Mean,
1: mm-hmm. On the whole, though, he was respected for his honesty, for driving hard bargains, and for selling a first-class product. Milton Hershey was a doer, not a philosopher. He rarely wrote and seldom talked about his beliefs, but he did believe that wealth should be used for the benefit of others, and he practiced what he preached. He also understood that doing good works was also good for business. That practical approach didn't lessen the depth or scope of his interest in other people's welfare. Although some questioned the wisdom of his decisions, no one ever questioned his sincerity.
0: The coming of the Depression beginning in 1929 threatened to bring economic disaster to his community. Hershey responded with his own unique form of benevolent paternalism. As the Depression deepened, Milton Hershey undertook a major construction program, which became known as the Great Building Campaign. During the 1930s, more than 600 men found work building many structures that later became major Tourist attractions.
1: So this is like another example of kind of an if-you-build-it-they-will-come philosophy that he did with the entire business. He needed to keep his people working.
0: Well, he hired an additional 600 people.
1: And so he needed to give these jobs, so let's find them something to do. We're going to we'll, build we'll things. we'll see, this,
0: this is going to backfire on him a little bit later. Those major attractions included Hotel Hershey, Hershey Community Theater... The community building, the Hershey Industrial Junior Senior High School, now called Catherine Hall, Hershey Sports Arena, and the stadium and several uh, several other smaller projects transformed the community into a major tourist destination. Hershey was able to boast that no one lost their job in Hershey during the Depression years. Though he took justifiable pride in the care he took of his workers, Mr. Hershey could not keep the labor union's movement from going across the country from influencing his town. In 1933, the passage of the National Recovery Act mandated that wages and hours be regulated. This was all done by the federal government.
1: Employee resentment started to build when Hershey reduced employees' hours and stopped paying annual bonuses.
0: Not by choice.
1: While spending more than $10 million on capital improvements. So workers were receptive when union organizers came to town to hold secret meetings, and when pressed, Hershey did agree to wage wages. But after a round of layoffs, anywhere from 400 to 1,200 employees went on strike with 800,000 pounds of milk going to waste that's funny every though. day.
0: They they measured it by pounds and not by the gallon.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I noticed that. After six days... The strike ended when angry dairy workers and anti-union loyalists stormed the factory, injuring dozens of strikers. Now, it's said that Milton witnessed this riot, and it greatly impacted him. Two years later, the company signed an agreement with the American Federation of Labor that gave employees an increase in overtime rates and paid vacations, and Hershey's became one of the first American candy companies to unionize. Milton Hershey was devastated by that strike, which to him represented an end to the utopian community he had envisioned. Maybe it was all the more bitter because some people inevitably resented Mr. Hershey's benevolence.
0: Hmm. And that's kind of an interesting thing right there. Were were they jealous of him? But you would think they would be grateful for working and keeping their jobs.
1: Yeah, but I think (sighs) tourism does funny things to people. Um, you know, I th- yeah, I, you're I
0: th- blaming on tourism.
1: Well, I can see. And yes and no. If those people that lived in Hershey, they liked the town the way that it was. And, you know, if you if you don't necessarily think slightly outside oh, the box. So
0: you think it was. He was bringing people in that. Stranger danger, and the people didn't like what was going yeah, on?
1: Yeah, something like that. Like, he, they liked the town the way that it was, and they didn't really see the need for all of this tourist see, stuff that see, now they're going to come in and and they're going to, you know.
0: See, I, I took it as that he was spending all this money and paying them a little bit less when they thought that he could be paying them more, but his benevolence was...
1: Yeah, I it could be I building
0: mean, and doing stuff that right, would and they maybe eventually. Didn't see that. So maybe he had that v- deep vision yeah, further the than what long
1: game and not the media. than what the
0: the workers could see.
1: I could see that too. I think it could go either way. I think you it know It probably
0: went both ways.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard that from people who live in tourist communities that it's a love hate thing that they have with the tourists. That yes, we need the tourist dollars to keep our community going. But at the same time, like they, they come in, they see the stuff and they leave. And we still are the ones that are having to it's take like, care of the stuff. And like, like the Air
0: Force Museum. I guess. Except I don't care if people come to visit.
1: No, because there's, we're not a tiny little town though. Yeah. You know, they're kind of overrunning your tiny little town and you almost become, um, I think in some of these small tourist communities, the, the, people who live there almost become a part of the landscape and they almost become a part of the tourist attraction.
0: I guess so, but I, I guess I can see it going both ways right yeah. there. Well, in the meantime, the United States Army was worried about the next global conflict. That I mean, the tea leaves were being red. Yep. So they commissioned one surprising bit of material for the war, a life-sustaining chocolate bar from Hershey that was intentionally made less tasty and more calorie dense than other options. It all started in 1937 when Army Captain Paul Logan went to Hershey with a request for a pocket sized bar that would survive high heat while providing lots of nutrients. Also, paratroopers could have an emergency meal when jumping into combat. Logan, who was a member of the United States Army Quartermaster Corps, met with two Hershey representatives who briefed their own superior. Milton Hershey himself. The senior brass were all in agreement that this was a great idea, so the development of this special bar went ahead. The final product that they came up was the Field Ration D. I
1: wonder why it was not sweet.
0: Uh, We'll get to that. Oh, okay. It was one to two ounces that could survive high temperatures and was rich in calories and some nutrients. Unfortunately, it had relatively little sweetener and a lot of cacao, giving it a very bitter taste, and it was known for causing constipation.
1: Awesome! This
0: was because the army demanded it that it taste a little better than a boiled potato. Why? I don't know.
1: I don't understand why they wanted it to not taste good. I guess maybe because they didn't want people just eating chocolate?
0: I don't know. The initial bar was enormously successful, as a weapon of war, and the War Department and the Navy Department ordered millions. But Hershey didn't love the comp- or the complaints about the taste. Obviously. So when the Army needed, well, that, it was his product. He wanted it to taste good. Yeah. So when the Army needed a new formulation for the tropics in 1943, the company opted to improve the taste, bringing it back up to actual candy status. The Hershey's Tropical Bar was even more heat-resistant surviving up to an hour at 120 degrees, and it was a hit with the troops. Almost 380 million of these bars left the Hershey factory bound for the military. The tropical bar contained more calories and some nutrients, especially B1, and were made from chocolate liqueur, skim milk powder, cocoa butter, powdered sugar, vanillin, and oat flour. Vitamin B1, or thiamine, was present in both bars because it prevented beriberi, which is a condition directly resulting from a B1 deficiency that can cause nerve damage, heart damage, and muscle damage and weakness. In extreme cases, it can cause heart attacks. Troops in the tropics were at real risk from developing the disorder without supplements like the field D ration and the tropical bar, which Hershey developed.
1: Now, if you're interested in owning a Hershey's World War II-era trop- tropical bar... An original one? You can find them on eBay for 70 bucks. Okay. So, <laughs> if you want one, that's where you can get them. Hershey had full control of ration chocolate during World War II. At peak production, the factory had three floors dedicated to war production and churned out 500,000 bars per shift with three shifts Per day.
0: Just some quick math. That's 1.5 million bars per day. That's
1: a lot of chocolate.
0: That's a lot of chocolate.
1: The high production rates. Those
0: cows are working overtime. (laughs) Right.
1: The high production rates earned the company a wartime production award known as the Army-Navy-E production award. And while that might actually sound like the most boring and boringly named of all military awards, it was actually a really big deal. It was.
0: I bet it was a big motivator to people that that couldn't go off to fight.
1: Well, yeah, it came with a flag to fly over the factory, and it came with lapel pins for all the employees, so you could wear your—I don't I, know—was it a giant E? I don't know what it was, but I,
0: I bet those people wore those lapel pins with pride oh, when I'm they sure. went out because, you know, a lot of it shows them maybe that you're
1: doing something. Were to doing serve their your part country. for the war effort. Absolutely, absolutely. It was one of the best ways for a company to prove its concrete contributions to the war. A major general was sent to pre- present the first E award to the company.
0: That would be a guy with two stars.
1: And Hershey received the award five times during World War II. They restarted production for the Apollo 15 astronauts and for Desert Storm.
0: Now I remember having we, we called them Desert Bars for uh, during during Desert Storm. Yeah. So and you they, had they, their Hershey they, bars. They, they tasted good.
1: Did they taste like a regular Hershey bar?
0: They did. They tasted like a regular Hershey bar. The only difference you could tell was they were a little bit more waxy. But ah. that that was to keep them from melting. Right. But and they didn't melt. Do you I mean I mean you if still you still have them, one
1: somewhere? No, I don't Do you have regret any. not keeping one at this no, point? No,
0: I didn't think of it at the time.
1: Mm, I would But
0: remember. I mean, they were good and it was a good little
1: It's a good motivator. It, it was a
0: good motivator to have home. a to have a Hershey bar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, when it was all said and done, it's estimated that between 1940 and 1945, over three billion with a B. I
0: can't, I just think of those poor cows.
1: <laughs> of the D ration and <laughs> tropical bars.
0: Okay, I wonder if they had automatic milking machines.
1: You would have to get carpal tunnel or something, <laughs> I would think. Um three billion with were produced and distributed to soldiers throughout the world. Aside from nourishing the troops, these bars were so popular, they were often traded amongst the troops, used as money in poker games. They were basically a form of currency. And local populations were so desperate for luxuries that these bars could be traded for information, and more than one soldier used a candy bar for favors from the local women.
0: I mean, And that just goes to show you how desperate the situation was in Europe. Yeah. that
1: you sold your virtue for a Hershey bar.
0: Yep. When the Mars company set out to create a chocolate pellet covered piece of candy and a candy shell. What we now know as the M&M. He had to partner with someone from Hershey. None other than Bruce Murray, the son of Hershey's president, William Murray agreed to go into business with Mars, providing Hershey the chocolate in return for a 20% stake in the company. And that is why the M&M is called the M&M. Basically, it's named after Mars and Murray. Mars bought out Murray's interest in 1948 and became one of Hershey's main competitors, but the candy's name stuck. The vast majority of American chocolate was produced by Hershey, even though the chocolate was being used by Hershey's competitors. In the beginning of Mars Candy, Mars bought and used Hershey's chocolate in their signature candy bars, the Snickers bar and the Milky Way bar. The sour flavor of milk chocolate not had just become the norm, but it was the expected norm. Even after Mars and a few others began making their own chocolate, they stuck with the tangy, sour flavor of Hershey's that Americans had known and grown to love.
1: Hershey was the American success story of a poor boy turned millionaire. He was loved and admired as well as envied and sometimes misunderstood. He had the good fortune to develop the chocolate industry in the right place at the right time. His personal convictions about the obligations of wealth and about the quality of life in the community he founded have made that community his living memorial. Hershey loved new and innovative things, which is likely why he purchased a first-class cabin ticket for $300 for, oh. his, for himself and Kitty to sail on the Titanic. But they had to cancel their plans at the last minute due to business matters. <laughs> Who dodged that one. Other brands owned by the Hershey Company today include Dagoba Organic Chocolate. Now, which- I've never heard of that one before. I have, I don't know that I, I don't know. It's probably one of those places, um, uh, or one of those things that sold at places like Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and like the organic.
0: Now all these others stores. I've heard about.
1: Yeah. Breath Savers, Bubble Yum, Good and Plenty, Icebreakers, Jolly Rancher, Mauna Loa, which I've never had, but I think it's, it's hazelnut, isn't it? I think so. Um, Scharfenberger. I don't know that one. Rolo, and Crave Jerky, which is their first non-confection product. I'll
0: take that back. I've not heard of all these before.
1: The company started accepting ideas for new products, packaging, technology, and other innovative concepts in 2008. Hershey died of pneumonia in Hershey Hospital on October 13, 1945, at the age of 88. Milton Hershey is buried at Hershey Cemetery, which he built on Laudermilk Road in Hershey, Pennsylvania.
0: Pretty amazing story with Hershey Milton. But again, what gets me is the similarities between him and all the other food giants. Oh, yeah. Just with the vision and the stick-to-itiveness and just being able to take their vision and turn it into an actual product.
1: And they all kind of had to deal with some of the same setbacks. Yeah. You know, not all of them got a great education.
0: Okay. Well, so there's. Like
1: none of them did, honestly. Okay, so
0: there's Dave Thomas, who never finished high school. Milton, who never finished high school. And Harlan Sanders, who didn't have such a great education.
1: Yeah. And they all, and so many of the things that. um,
0: Things of the times affected what they did. The depression and other things just affected their business, but they kept driving on and doing well, and what they had kind to do of what
1: too like like what I was saying is what a time to be alive at the beginning of the 20th century you know when there was so much innovation and so much invention but yet also it comes crashing down not long after that and yet they all ended up not only surviving but thriving in the face of the depression
0: yeah and yeah and but innovations going on today I mean today, Richard Branson took a commercial venture, an airplane, and that basically his company designed and took it up into outer space. Mm-hmm. So this stuff is happening today. I think it's just one of those things that when we're living in the times, we don't maybe recognize it as much, maybe?
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, I I get really tired of listening to the billionaire space race news um, because I maybe kind of like some of the people that lived in Hershey would like to see them spend their money on sending like astronauts to but, the moon instead see, of themselves. but but you're,
0: but you're thinking like those employees. I know, and that's that what I'm saying. Like th- I think of the industry and what they're creating for no, the future. I,
1: and and I'm fine with that. I just. Like I said, I would rather them send, you know, the astronauts that NASA didn't get to send because they didn't have the funding. Rather, you know, people that are that trained for this their entire careers, rather than just go themselves. I, I, it's but that's maybe, a whole other maybe, subject.
0: Maybe they'll hire some of those astronauts to fly some of I these. I hope so. Yeah. Anyway, that's and, a and whole stay,
1: other subject. And
0: all you tourists, stay out of my town. <sighs>
1: I, it's a, it's a whole other subject. Get off um, my lawn. I just, I'm tired of hearing about it. I feel like they could do something else.
0: Not me. I'm with, excited about it.
1: I'm excited about the the prospects. I just, I don't know. I get tired of seeing those three faces on my TV all the time about like, they're sending themselves into space when there are so many other people that would benefit okay, from going but, into space. But look instead. at it this way. But I know they spent the money. I know.
0: Okay. But look at it this way. He had enough faith and trust in what he built to go on to it first. He could have easily sent.
1: I guess that's true. He could have
0: easily hired some of those astronauts. So I think he's being innovative and a good leader and setting the example. I'm not going to fly on it. No one else is going to fly on this thing until I fly on it first and show you that it's, it can be done.
1: I guess that's fair. Um, But yeah, so I and it's interesting to see like what... How innovation changes with the times and what, you know, the leaders of, of um, industry, the captains of industry, how it changes. I'd like know.
0: to maybe do a story and research who invented the microchip.
1: Oh, I actually used to know that um, because I had to do a, a, a paper on it or something for school hmm. as a medical revolutionary technology thing.
0: All right. So I forget what it <laughs> well, was. Clearly re- I
1: learned it, but. You, you
0: can research and do it's, that one it's then. Not,
1: I don't think it's really that interesting. But All
0: right. Well, that, I think that pretty much wraps up That's our, our story on, guys. Milton, on Milton Hershey and the Food Guys. Yeah. Next week we'll move on to other things. We have an exciting interview and a very important interview coming up next week.
1: Mm-hmm. You are into history military history you'll want to tune in next week for yeah. sure
0: we're going to be talking to a national treasure next week
1: yes we are um so this is this has been our summer series uh things are i know it sounds weird that we're saying summer is kind of winding down for us when it's only um you know what the second week of july middle of july but honestly it's the middle of july kids are going to be going back to school soon spooky october is right around the corner Um, so we hope that you've enjoyed our summer series this year on the, the food barons of America. Um, we've got some just random one-offs coming up in the next couple of weeks and then we'll see where we go from there. Yep. And
0: I hope that's how it goes. Now, if you live in the Miami Valley, the 937 area code, here's our free promotion that (laughs) we can do and not have to pay ourselves is, um, if you go and you, you listen to the 937 Podcast, which you can find at the937podcast.com.
1: Or on any of your listening
0: platforms. platforms. Yeah. If if you're thinking, what am I going to do in Dayton this week or in the Miami Valley?
1: There's so much.
0: Just go and listen up. More and more stuff is opening up as COVID is kind of
1: winding, g- down. winding
0: mm-hmm. down and going away, except for that, that nasty... Delta strain. The we're Delta not talking strain. about that. Yep.
1: We're done with that.
0: Well, maybe I'm, we're
1: done talking <laughs> about it right now. <laughs> I'm sick to death of COVID.
0: Anyway, listen to the 927podcast.com. <laughs> Kim, how do people get hold of us if they want to leave us a message or they have an idea for a show you or can, whatever?
1: You can find us at an hourofyourlife.com or you can write to us at a lost hour at gmail.com or you can find us on all the socials.
0: No. Shh, quiet, just left us a message. (laughs) Yeah, shh, quiet, left us a message (laughs) that she really enjoyed the Irish ghost stories episode.
1: Ooh, shh, quiet, there's Irish ghosts. Yes. Well, good. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. All right. Come back for Spooky October. We'll have lots more... Spooky, spooky Yeah, we
0: have to find a, a theme. I don't for know that. what our
1: theme is going to be this year, but I, I have some ideas, but I have not yet decided. But so, if you if you have any themes that you want for spooky October, throw them in the ring. Let me know, because um, you know, of course, last year we did our series on spooky people. Uh, I have, I, I, I think I kind of know what I want to do, but we'll see.
0: All right. Well, if you really want to help us out. Share us, tell people about it, tell people about us mm-hmm. or about this podcast, not necessarily about us, and just spread the spread the wealth out there and say, "Hey, <laughs> I know this really interesting podcast that yeah. uh, you can listen." To. If you just like random,
1: we off the wall stuff, best of Dayton finalists for no reason. Just so you know,
0: braggadocious.
1: <laughs> Sometimes,
0: all right. Doesn't anyway
1: proud of your accomplishments
0: all right anything
1: else i think that's it
0: all right so from our studios in sugar creek township
1: thanks for spending an hour of your life with us This week's sources include HersheyArchives.org, Biography, HersheyStory.org, The Daily Meal, Quora, and WeAreTheMighty.com.